Good evening and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're so glad that you are able to join us tonight. Looking forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you uh, this evening. And uh, I know that there's many different places that you could be tonight, but we're thankful that you've chosen to spend a few minutes with us online. And we're so thankful to be able to look into the word of the Lord. And uh, just as we're getting started here tonight, I just want to remind everybody <clears throat> that uh, we have our Christmas concert scheduled for December 5th at 6 p.m. and December 6th at 2 p.m. So we're going to do it twice this year. But in so doing, we're asking that you would go to spiritofgracechurch.org and there should be a pop-up on the home screen that comes that you can follow the prompts to purchase your tickets. We're charging $5 per ticket and uh, you can click on that. When you click on that, you can choose which uh, concert night you want to come to either the Saturday evening or the Sunday afternoon and we'll know based off of what money you give to how many tickets so if you give $30 to that we'll we'll trust that that's six tickets that you're you're looking for and then we'll have it recorded so we're looking forward to a great time that's always a great evening in fact several people think that that just kind of kicks off the Christmas season and we're so thankful in the past to be able to have everybody there but with all of the covid restrictions we have to limit the amount of people that we have per service and so this was the best way for us to do that but we want you to come and have a great time we know that the spirit of christmas will be alive and well praise god tonight i want to uh i want to speak to you about when things become difficult um 2020 has been a difficult year all the way around for just about everybody. I don't know anybody that would tell you that 2020 hasn't been <clears throat> had its difficulties. And we're we're there now. We're we're dealing with some struggles. Uh, we're dealing with the election season. We're dealing with the unrest in the cities. Philadelphia is dealing with it right now. We're dealing with a sickness. We're dealing with all kinds of different things that have stressed people out. And if and stress comes in two different ways, really, multiple ways, but two main ones, and that is you either get uh, like high strung and, and anxious or you get lethargic and almost depressed. And so all of us are dealing with that to a certain extent. And so I just felt this afternoon while I was studying that I want to come and give you some encouraging words. And hopefully by the end of this, you will be <clears throat> have, have a a divine energy come into you and allow you to see things in a different light or to remind you that it's as bad as it is that God is still doing what he needs to do for us. So I'm reading, if you have your Bibles, I'm reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, I'm going to be reading, I believe it's from the New Living Translation. And uh, I enjoy being able to read from that. It says this, After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meonites <clears throat> declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast ar army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. <clears throat> this was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all over the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. 
You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. That really should be our prayer even tonight while we're dealing with all the stuff that we're dealing with. Our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when their people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. That still goes true for today. We can still do that. And now see what the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they have reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for your help. <clears throat> One of the surest things that we know uh, about life and about God, really, is that difficulties will arise. If you haven't faced any difficulties recently, chances are you're going you're gonna to face some. It's just the way of life. But here's what we also know. In all the difficulties that we face, whether they be just from life, or sometimes I believe that God allows tests to come into our lives, because I believe he uses them to measure who we are. Uh, if you're a child of God, I believe that your heavenly Father is going to use these difficulties that fall in your path. And if you're a congregation that the hand of God is upon, you can mark it down that there will be difficulties ahead for you because God is going to allow, and I believe sometimes even cause, um, some mountains in our path so that we have to climb a little bit higher or a valley that we have to walk a little bit lower or a giant to for you to defeat or a sea for you to cross or a promised land for you to possess. God's, there's all kinds of difficulties and all kinds of tests. And I believe the reason that God does this, <clears throat> excuse me, is because he understands that difficulties and challenges and obstacles in our lives are inseparably linked to the process of making us what he wants us to be. Okay, you can't be a world-class athlete without putting your body through some obstacles, difficulties, and, and things like that in order to create what that athletic body should be. And just like that, our spiritual bodies, who we are as people, uh, rely on resistance and difficulty uh, and challenges, if you will, that we go through. Uh, in fact, I believe that God is more interested in how you respond to the challenge than he is in how you celebrate after you come through it. <clears throat> Celebration of coming through something is phenomenal, and I believe God enjoys that. But I think he's more interested in how you respond while you're in the middle of it. While you're dealing with it all, are you showing yourself faithful? Are you worshiping in the middle of it all, even though God knows that you probably don't feel like worshiping that day? <clears throat> Winston Churchill uh, said something that is, has always rings true in my spirit, and that is, when you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't stop. Don't hesitate. Don't sit back and relax. Just keep walking because this too shall pass. You're going to come through. 
you're going to come up. We're going to come through all of this stuff that we're dealing with right now and that's going on in the world and that's going on in our city and our families. We're going to get through this. <clears throat> we're going to come out of this. It's a foregone conclusion because I've read the back of the book. I know eventually we will win. We just have to keep on going. We just have to keep on walking. We just have to keep on serving. We just have to keep on praying. Don't give up. And, and the question is, is not will we come out? It's how are we going to go through it that will tell us how we're going to come out. So I believe that God uses the difficulties in our lives or the obstacles, the challenges, if you will, to fulfill his purpose in us. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he also understands that during the times of these difficulties, of the things that we're dealing with right now, during these times, he understands that not only does he going to find out what we're made of, but you and I are going to find out what we're made of. When, when the mountain is tall, are we going to figure out how to get up to the top? When the valley is deep, are we, are we going to figure out how to get through it with his help? We're going to find out what we're made of. Uh, the book of Corinthians, the letter to the Corinthian church, tells us that fire does not turn us into gold. It does not turn us into silver. It does not turn us into precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. But what the fire does is it reveals what we already are. Some of us today think that we're down. Some of us think that we're weak. Some of us think that we're struggling just to make it. But in the midst of these difficulties, if you'll hold on to the hand of God, he's going to reveal to you that you're stronger than what you think you are, that the fire is going to bring out who you are already in him. It's in the hardest times that God reveals to others, but more importantly, reveals to us who we are in him. And so circumstances, obstacles, and challenges don't make us something. They reveal what's already inside of us. And uh, so let me get to, to the point tonight and just say this. 2020 has been a year of miserable difficulties. Uh, since February, it's just been tough. Uh, we have personally experienced more difficulties and problems um, throughout the year of just dealing with all the different things. And now we're, as leaders, we're trying to figure out how to do church and how to be most effective in ministering to the people in the midst of all kinds of restrictions and guidelines. But I promise you this, by the end of this season, uh, if we haven't already, we're going to find out a whole lot about who we are, what we're doing, how we're making it. We're going to find out what we're made of as individuals. We're going to find out what we're made of as a church. We're going to find out what we're made of as the body of Christ universal. And I just have to tell you, I plan to come on through it on the other side, stronger and better and more ready to face whatever needs to be faced than we've ever done before. I believe our church is going to come out stronger it's going to be more united. It's going to be more anointed. It's going to be more powerful. We're going to make a bigger difference in the midst of uh, our city, our community, and even around the world where we have contact and individuals that we're supporting and also online going around the world. So I believe that in the midst of all of these 2020 difficulties and the mess that we've had to deal with, God is working on us and preparing us. And the fire, I believe, is going to reveal a people who are determined to be faithful in all things, that nothing is going to hinder us 
from becoming everything that God wants us to be. We've got to be on fire for him. It's got to be like Jeremiah said, the Holy Ghost shut up in our bones. It's got to be something that propels us and compels us to rise above the difficulties of the day and be the light in, in, on a hill, to be a city on a hill, to be a light that cannot be hid, to be the salt of the earth. That's what God is wanting us to be. So tonight I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, find that place in you to call out to him and say, uh, whatever comes our way, I have chosen, like Joshua said, I have chosen to serve the Lord. And, and so what we are and and or what are we and God going to find out? I, I do believe that our commitment level, our, our faithfulness level uh, is going to become, this has been a season when you're not allowed to have services live person. This has been a season where you've tested, uh, have been tested by your faithfulness um, because it becomes easy just to stay home and put up, put it up on a computer screen or on a phone or a TV screen. It's easy to, to, to not make the commitment to get up and get ready and come to church and worship with fellow believers, it becomes easy. And so what you're finding is the people that are ready to be used of God are rising to the top under the heat of the fire that's been, that has been placed in our lives, that, that they're rising to the top and God is going to use us like never before. But there's something that we're also beginning to find. If you haven't found it yet, I want you to search for it. And that is simply... Uh, some things about our God in this time of uncertainty or, or challenge or difficulty. We're going to find out about his resources, how wealthy he really is. And I'm not just talking about finance, but I'm talking about all kinds of things that he's going to supply the need. We're going to find out about his timing. His timing is always right. His time, He's never early. He's never late. He's right on time. He is uh, he is the one that shows up just at the right time in the midst of your situation. I promise you, he has proven it in time past. He'll prove it again, that just when you think it's too late, that just when you think he's forgotten, just when you think that he's left you all alone, he will show up at exactly the right time uh, that he can be most effective. We're also going to find out about his power. The Bible says he's the almighty one. His all power is given unto him. He can do anything that he wants to do. And so if it's not being done the way we think it is, I challenge you just to trust him that he can do whatever he wants to do and whenever he wants to do it. And when he does it, it's going to explode around you and the power of God is going to emanate from you and the anointing of God is going to pour from you and you will see a difference in your sphere of influence. You're going to find out his love for us, his greatness in us. But here's the thing that we always have to remember, that we can never learn these things about God or about ourselves any other way than when we come through difficult times. It's in the difficult times that reveals who we are and who God is. For instance, in the wilderness, Israel did not know that he was water in the rock until they got thirsty. They did not know that he was manna in the morning until they woke up hungry. They didn't know that God was a pillar of fire until they got cold, or they didn't know that he was a pillar of cloud uh, by day until they got hot. They didn't know he was the way across the Red Sea until they couldn't get across. They didn't know he was Jehovah Rapha, the Lord 
that heals until the waters of Merah were bitter. They didn't know there was power in the blood until they needed the sacrificial lamb. And so here's the thing I like best about it all. When God allows difficulty or circumstances in your path, he gives you this challenge to come through it, but then he comes down to where we are and helps us to overcome it. We preached a couple of Sundays ago. He stoops where we stoop. He goes to where we go. I just have to tell you, I've never had a teacher in all my years of school pass out a test and then sit down and help me take the test. But that's exactly what God does. That's exactly what God lets us have a test. God lets us have an experience. God lets a difficulty arise or he places the difficulty in our path. And then he comes to help us walk through it. Uh, I'm reminded of the story of a, of a young boy, he must have been three or four years old, um, and he wanted to sleep in his parents' bedroom uh, in, their, in their bed each night, and so they would come in. And so finally, after several sleepless nights, dad finally laid down the lawn. He said, absolutely no, you're going to sleep in your own bed. We've got your own bedroom, and I'm going to get some sleep tonight. Well, it, it so happened that that night there was a storm, and the boy came in fearful and begged to get into the bed with his mom and dad. Now the dad was not going to back down on his word, and so he said he he, he said that the little boy couldn't stay in the bed with them, but he also didn't say that dad couldn't get on the floor with him. And so he crawled on the floor and slept the night with that little boy. You see, when God puts a challenge or there allows a difficulty in our path, I know that our answer should not be the rapture. <laughs> God, just take us out of here. God, just deliver us. Just we, we shouldn't be looking for trap doors to get out of our situation. And our answer is not even for us to get to him. Our answer is for him to get to us. Even I believe that it was also him saying, just come be with me. I'm in the midst of Patmos. I'm all by myself. Things are happening and I want to have you with us. I, I want to read a, a passage out of the book of Romans, the cha eighth chapter. We preached on this a little while ago, but can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that an awesome passage of scripture? Uh, reassuring. But, but here's the thing that some of us don't ever think about, maybe in depth. Paul was not speaking of the strength of our love for Christ. He's not addressing the ability of our love to reach up to God. He was giving us a revelation of how powerful our God's love is for us. He is saying that nothing is going to be able to keep the love of God from reaching to where we're at, dealing with what we're dealing with. When we can't reach up to God, he can still reach to where we are. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And as a child of God, when we go through these difficult times that we've been experiencing uh, for most of 2020, keep holding his hand because he said he would come down to where we are and help us. He is still the fourth man in the fire. He's still the lockjaw in the lion's mouth. He's still the stone in your sling, slingshot. He's still the oil in your cruise and the meal in your barrel. He's still the ram that's caught in the thicket on the top of your mountain of sacrifice. He's still here. He's right where you're at. And while we may be separated uh, by our in our homes tonight online, we have gathered together in his name. And in, in where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. And I believe his presence is in your home tonight or wherever you're watching this and, and, and listening to it. He's right there wanting to meet your need where you're at right now. It is it is interesting, however, on one reminder to note that the ram was not caught in the thicket at the foot of the mountain or halfway up the mountain or 10 feet from the top of the mountain. Abraham didn't notice him until he reached the moment of his ultimate challenge. And that's when the, the ram was caught in the thicket. See, sometimes God lets us to get to the very end at the very point of our sacrifice before he steps in. We learned way back in elementary school that we would not grow, improve, or measure ourselves, or graduate to the next level, for that matter, without taking a test. And so the question is, why does God challenge or allow these circumstances to rise uh, to be challenged to do great things? And and I I, I don't I, why doesn't He just leave us alone and let us figure it out? Because that's not the way that God works. God understands the value of a vision or a purpose, if you will. And he has created us with a need for a reason to exist. There's a book called The Search for Significance. Everybody, doesn't matter who you are, wants to have a purpose in life, wants to have a reason exist. And that reason must always be bigger than who we are as, as an individual. So you see, a church is a little bit like a rubber band, if you will, in that we don't become effective until we're stretched a little. And there's too many Christians that haven't been stretched. There's too many churches that haven't been stretched. And uh, <clears throat> notice God's attitude for, for people that when they recoil from challenge or, or difficulties, when they shy away, when they decide to just relax and coast, uh, in Hosea, Ephraim was rebuked by God for failing to sell out to God's challenge. He, they said, he said it this way, Their hearts are like an oven blazing with intrigue. Their plots uh, smolders through the night, and in the morning it breaks out like a raging fire. Burning like an oven, they consume their leaders. They kill their kings one after another, and no one cries to me for help. The people of Israel mingle with godless foreigners, making themselves as worthless as a half-baked cake. Worshiping foreign gods has sapped their strength, but they don't even know it. Their hair is gray, but they don't realize they're old and weak. And unfortunately, I think there's too many believers today that have been lulled asleep or have gotten so intertwined with the things that are going on around us that we think about COVID before we think about Christ. We think about the election before we think about God. We think about what's going on at work before we think about what's going on in our relationship with the Lord. We're all prone to that because we're all human and, and we're dealing with everything 100 miles an hour every day. But could I just remind you tonight to take a step back 
and, and, and untangle your thoughts, untangle your emotions from the world that's around you. Uh, forget about COVID for a little while. Forget about the election for a little bit of while. Forget about the news for a little while and just find a place that says, God, I just want to be connected to you and nothing else. Because uh, that's what was happening in the book of Hosea. They were disconnecting from God and they were intermingling with the, 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 the philosophies and the people of the world around them. And the Lord says they didn't even know that their strength was sapped and they didn't even know that they uh, were old and weak, even though the signs were there. And, and here's what I fear. I fear that there's too many people that have gotten so consumed by the things that are going on around us, by the things that we're dealing with. And don't misunderstand me. There, there's heavy things. We're dealing with funerals left and right. We're dealing with sickness all the time. We're dealing with hospitals. We're dealing with separation. We can't even go into hospitals with our loved ones. We've got people in our church that have gone in for surgery and they've had to do it all on their own because their spouse or their children couldn't be with them in the hospital. I understand that they're all, these are all heavy things. These are all things that drain our energy. They sap our energy, but don't get so consumed in them because it will do exactly that. It will drain your energy. It will drain your anointing. It will drain everything that's inside of you. And so there has to come a time when we say, okay, I'm done listening to this for the next 30 seconds, for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to concentrate. I'm sticking some music on. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to forget everything that's going on around me. And I'm going to get into a Holy Ghost cocoon and let God minister to me. Because when that happens, then he will infuse you or empower you with the glory of God. Moab was chided by God because he had become stagnant and bitter to God's taste. In Jeremiah 48, 11, it said, Moab hath been at ease from his youth, and he settled on his lees, and hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel, neither hath he gone into captivity. Therefore his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. In other words, he, he hasn't allowed himself to grow. He's still like he was when he was immature. See, that, that's what these difficulties do. God is, is maturing us. He's making us more perfect. And so God understands that without a kingdom-sized challenge, can I just tell you, 2020 is not just an individual challenge. It is a kingdom-sized challenge. There is a battle going on for the soul of the world, not just in the political sense, but in the spiritual sense. Not just in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. That, that's why this, this pandemic, this COVID thing, is a worldwide deal. There is an onslaught, if you will, or a kingdom-sized difficulty, a kingdom-sized challenge that is set before us. And if we allow ourselves, we lay down the tools that God has given us because they are not carnal, but they are powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. We lay down those tools and we become content or self-sufficient or we become preoccupied with what's going on around us. We get tied up, tangled up with the things of, of this world. And that's why it and then it becomes so easy to get swallowed up by the frustrations of 2020. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times in the last two or three weeks. I can't wait for 2020 to get over. And I agree with you. I can't wait for 2020 to get over. But can I tell you what 2020 leads us into? 
2021. And there's no telling what 2021 will be. We just need to hold on to the master's hand. We need to look at the, into the face of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We need to grab a hold of him and let him embrace us in his power, in his love, in his mercy, and in his grace, and let him hold on to us. I wonder what Noah thought after working a couple of decades, scores, if you will, a hundred years or so in building an ark and then having to spend that with a bunch of dirty animals while the rain was going on outside and not wondering whether they were going to ever land. Just think of what they had to deal with, but they came out of it and they became stronger and we're going to come out of this whenever it happens. We're either going to come out of this in the natural world or we're going to come out of this in glory one way or the other. Either Jesus is going to come take his people home, which is is good enough for me, or we're going to come out of it and we are going to be the brightest light in the darkest situation and people are going to come to God and learn to to know him like they and have an experience with them because the church is still the church. It's been through the flood, it's been through the fire as the song says, but one of these days the church is going to move a little higher. We're going to be used by God. I promise you that God is going to use the church that's willing to stay in tune with him and not become distracted with the things that are around us. And so in the opening passage that we read tonight, King Jehoshaphat and Judah uh, were confronted by their enemies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir and they were arrayed themselves in battle, and Israel was outnumbered hundreds to one, and their intentions were clear, annihilation. And so I want to continue for just a few verses here, uh, starting, I ended at verse 12, I want to pick up 12 and then read a few more verses. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. Have you, have, have you felt that at all in 2020? At times you just feel, you just want to throw up your hands and say, let, just let me sleep until January 1st. And we do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord God of Israel uh, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, 
on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Listen, my friend, just as a side here, believe, stand firm, trust that God's got it in control. Listen to your leaders. Listen, we don't have all the answers, but this one thing I do know with everything that's in me, God loves you. God cares for you. God sees you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. And more importantly than that, he's the answer to them all. Believe in this. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Victory was absolutely conclusive. The Lord sent ambushments. Enemy became confused. They destroyed one another. The Judah and Jerusalem never even had to fight. Not one enemy escaped alive. Three days it took them to gather all the spoils of their victory, more than that they could even carry away. And, and then they come back into Jerusalem. They have a victory parade and a celebration. And here was the key to their victory in the song that they sang. And, and, and I'm reading from Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 20. And this is the song that praise ye the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So why that song? What does it mean? I would have thought of something like the battle hymn of the Republic. You know, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampled on the uh, vintage where the grapes of wrath were, were stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth, that would have been me. That would have been my song. <laughs> But they sang, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth. Mercy sounds like somebody getting down on the ground and begging for help. And in fact, I notice in scripture that when people came to Jesus and they were desperately needing something, they prefaced their need by saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. There were the 10 lepers. There was the two blind men of Matthew chapter 9. There was a woman who had a, whose daughter was vexed of a devil. There was blind Bartimaeus over and over and over again. Why mercy? Why did Judas sing, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever? Why not sing about his power, his authority? Here's the reason why I believe. Mercy is God's readiness to act now. Mercy is God's readiness to act now. Now, there's something here for us to grab a hold of as we're coming to a close tonight. Here we are. We need answers in America. We need answers around the world. We need answers for us as individuals. We need direction. We need resources. We are facing the greatest challenge, really, of my life. Uh, we're, and I believe that God is using this season, this challenge, these difficulties, so that somebody would pick up the song and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth because mercy is his readiness to act. We need God to step into our situation. We need God to allow his anointing to flow over everything that we're about. We need a victory. We need a conclusive victory. We need to have God send ambushments all around. We need to have uh, God send confusion to the enemy and, 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 and we need the spoils of the victory and, and where we're going as a church, there's there's no role. The church has never been here before. There may have been similar similar seasons. There may have been similar things that they've had to deal with in the past. But this is a brand new trail. 
and the only thing that's going to get us across the, the, the path, if you were the wilderness of it, is faith and strong conviction in who Jesus is and who we are in Jesus. So let's not follow where other paths may lead. Let's follow God. Where there is no path, let's, let him create the path. Let's him, instead of trying to find a path to follow, let's leave a path to follow. Let's create a trail for somebody else to get to Jesus. Let's become so in tune with fighting to get to him that others cannot, be, cannot help but to be drawn into the, to the current of the water, if you will, and follow right after and then find Jesus as well. Something is about to happen. And uh, there's the old song that we used to sing, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on the way. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just know that God is doing something is happening in the spirit world. There is a shaking that's going on. And whenever God begins to shake in the spirit world, watch out. Great revival and harvest is getting ready to happen. And I don't know how much longer that we have in this thing called time before the trump of God sounds and Gabriel steps out and begins to blow his horn and calls us home. I don't know how long. I'm not a prophecy teacher. I don't get into all of that very often. But this one thing I do know, I do believe that God is wanting the church to have one more, at least one more great revival, at least one more great harvest. There's too many people that are hurting and suffering and struggling. There's too many people that are that are stuck in their, their the mire of their clay of their life. And God is wanting to pull them out of their miry clay and put their feet on the rock to stay. I'm quoting all kinds of old songs tonight. I just feel God in, in my office here as, I, as I'm sharing this with you. We're getting ready to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like we've never seen before. We're, I just, I'm sensing that in my spirit. When God allows challenge and difficulties like this to come in front of the church, in front of his people, it means that we're getting ready to move forward. He's wanting us to continue to walk, continue to serve, continue to worship. And, and, and in doing so, there's some things that we're going to have to, to, to maybe leave behind. We may have to give up some of the things that we thought the way it was going to be before. And things have just started changing in the world and people have started moving. And, 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 and things that we thought were easy where we just came together and we had a couple songs and we had a message and we felt good when we left. Things are getting ready to change. It's, we're going to have to lay the comfort of... Of, of normality aside and step into uncomfortable territories, both maybe physically and spiritually. We're going to have to do things a little bit different probably. But listen, just because we have to do them differently doesn't mean the outcome is any different. For when God begins to shake the heavens, when God begins to pour, open up the windows of heaven, he begins to pour blessings out. And it may not look like we've ever seen it before, but it may be a brand new anointing. It may be a brand new outpouring. The Bible says the latter and the former reign together. I want him to soak us with the glory of God. I am looking forward to, I am praying, I am seeking for an explosion of the Spirit. Why do I say explosion? I say ex explosion because the Bible says that we shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. That word power in Acts 1-8 is dunamis, where we get dynamite from. Dynamite goes boom. I want to see a boom of the Spirit. I want to see God just explode in our lives, in our churches, 
everybody that's watching this all around the country that may uh, uh, tap into our feed on uh, YouTube or on Facebook. I just want you to know that hang on, keep walking because God's getting ready to take us into something we've never dreamed of. I'll finish with this. We have, or I have at least, I can't speak for everybody, but I know that there's a lot of us. We have prayed and prayed and prayed this kind of prayer. God, help us just to see things we've never seen. Help us to experience things we've never experienced. Well, listen, sometimes the atmosphere around us has to shift in order for him to let that happen. Sometimes that which we're going and dealing with has to change in order for us. It's kind of like the the old statement that you can do it the same way over and over and over again, but you'll never get a different result. Okay? If we're going to pray, Lord, let us see something different. Help us to see something amazing. Help us that we've never dreamed of, that we couldn't even think of. The only way that happens is if things change around us and we get moved out of our comfort zone out of our place and then when that begins to happen we can have eyes to see different things begin to happen praise god listen i know that there's a lot of heaviness in 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 the world right now and in the church and in us as individuals we're all dealing with it in one way or another some of us may be seemingly be dealing with it better than others but we're all dealing with it but here's what i know when difficulties come, God shows up. We're getting ready. If we'll allow him, God is going to do something absolutely profound in our lives. I want to pray with you tonight before we go, because I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe there's somebody that's listening or watching this that has been struggling this week with depression and despair because of just, just because of things just because of where we're at, just because of what's going on around us. And I believe that after this message, I believe that if you'll receive this prayer tonight, you will see a change in your spirit. You will see an encouragement. You will see an edification of your spirit. The word edification isn't just flattery. Edification is he will lift you up and he will put a foundation under you so that you will stay arisen. And so I believe that God is wanting to edify somebody. So would you join me in prayer? Jesus, I come against the voice of the enemy. I come against the tools of the enemy that would try to hinder, that would try to cause us to stay down. Lord, your word says, and we can respond the same way, that when I fall, I will arise. When I'm down in despair, when things around me are heavy, as they are right now in this world, as people are dealing with all the stuff and the difficulties and the troubles in all different forms and fashion, Lord, let there be a resounding, I shall arise in the spirit of your people right now. Lord, I ask that you would take this prayer into the living room or the bedroom or wherever somebody is watching this and they are dealing with this, the, the heaviness of the season. And I am asking you, Lord, to send the angels that are sent forth as ministering spirits to minister to the heirs of salvation. And right now, God, let them rise up in anointing. Let them rise up in power. Let them rise up in determination and faith. I break the bands of heaviness 
and I loose the glory of God from the top of every head to the sole of every foot. Let the glory of God be made manifest. Let it emanate from them. Let them sense it, God. Let them sense the warmth of your spirit and the anointing of your touch. Lord, flood their souls with the spirit of the Holy Ghost. If they've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to pour it out on them even now. Let them be filled with your touch and your spirit. Lord God, by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the blood of the Lamb, Lord, you have the ability to change all things, and we're holding on to you right now in the name of Jesus. For at your name, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that you are the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us tonight. We pray that you would just find this to uplift your spirit. And then just one last reminder about our Christmas concert on the 5th and the 6th of December. You can get your tickets at spiritofgracechurch.org and you can follow the prompt on the home screen and or go to the donation page and you'll see our stuff there as well. We love you and should the Lord tarry, we'll join you again on Sunday. Go in the grace of God and just stamp and stomp all over the difficulties the rest of the week and declare that God is good and God is in control. Amen. Praise God.